Hi. Hello. That was dramatic. <laughs> that was dramatic. Are you preparing yourself for our I am. Evening? And also, it's just a Diet Coke. It's not like a beverage of any alcohol. Really? Yeah. I'm you know surprised what? I have as a well. daiquiri in the fridge. A daiquiri? Yeah. Mm. Can't be bothered to get it though. So. What kind? Um, Strawberry. Ooh. I think. I don't know. I had a raspberry daiquiri a few weeks ago and it was actually very interesting. Did you? Mm. Well, you yeah. drank half of mine before we saw Katya. Was that a raspberry one? I don't know what it was. I barely drank it. You drank most of it. Because <laughs> you were having a meltdown. <laughs> yes. Welcome to every week of my life. <laughs> oh, God. Right, so um, this is the part where we catch up for the audience, isn't it? What have you been up to? Um, working. Interesting. I had another encounter today with the uh, man who peed his pants. <gasps> piss man! Yes, piss man. Oh. Um, yeah, I wasn't very happy about it. How is he? He is pissy. <laughs> <laughs> He did it again. What, in he the shop? It. Yes. He, he literally pisses himself there. Yes. I was telling my brother about it earlier and he said, he just loves coming into store to have a piss at this point. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I didn't like, actually I think he weed in the shop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every time. What, have you got carpet or tile? No, it doesn't like drip. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, in a film... When a character pees themselves and they show, like, the dark stain, like, spreading across their trousers. Oh, yes. It's literally that. Right, Except okay. what you don't experience in a film is the smell, which then lingers for a solid 45 minutes. Do you think he was left. dehydrated as well? I, I Listen. Oh, no, you meant the smell on. of him overall. I thought you meant the smell of his um, urine. I did. Oh. But that is, that is the smell of him overall. Right, <laughs> To okay. be honest with you. <laughs> I was saying to my colleague... I said, so obviously, you know, something's going on there and I feel bad for him, but I also feel bad for me. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's perfectly valid. Yeah, I wasn't pleased. Some I also... might say you were probably pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Some might, if they wanted to get a smack in the face, yeah. <laughs> I had somebody else today who their mobile data wasn't working and I tried a bunch of different things. I tried a different SIM card. And then, I should have checked this first, but I checked and I was like, hey, I know why it's not working. It's because you've used it all. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you have to wait for it to refresh. Sorry. Um, and I bet they yeah. kicked off. No. Oh. They were just like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, you know. Well. So I've had, I've had a bit of a day. <laughs> you have a little bit. I have not. Yeah. At all. What have you done today? Just basked in your new living room? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll tell them that story. But, um, well, right. I woke up still fairly drunk from <laughs> last night. What time did you wake up? Because you did Snapchat me at four in the morning. Well, I was back awake at like half eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. And I don't understand why. But, I mean, we both don't have a sleeping pattern, do we? So No. But we had only gone out yesterday for just a six o'clock crust dinner date thing. Me and <gasps> some people from work. A date without me? I know. What? At crust as well. <gasps> but then suddenly that turned into me getting back home at 4am with a McDonald's. And I'm just, no, a, with a with a fast food global chain meal. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Remember I when you shamed me at McDonald's on Friday? What do you mean? Well, I thought that we were all going to get dinner from McDonald's. So I ordered my meal, and then you and Emily are both like, no, I'll just have a fries. You fucking pair of sneaky cunts. And then, dear listeners, Rebecca oh. drove off without our drinks <laughs> like a fucking moron. So I had to go back into the shop, and I walked up to the counter, because I used to work in said fast food establishment. Not the exact building, but, you know. I'm pretty sure I've said the name of it about eight times, so yeah, I think you're okay. good. <laughs> but, um... So I walked up to the counter and I was there like, I know how this goes. <laughs> um, I'm really sorry. My friends are full. She drove off without the drinks and they were like, oh, it was you guys. And then they just gave me the cups. And I was like, have a good day. It's because I had my drink. I don't care about you. No, I know. And plus you wanted to tuck straight into that burger. I was hungry. Okay. Yeah. Which is all I said the whole way around Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's where we went. We went to Ikea on Friday. We did. Um, romantic big ass adventure and i bought a tree called terence well he's not a tree technically it's, yeah it's not i don't tree. know what his latin name is but he's native to madagascar terencium ter- <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sorry i hate myself but yeah he's a madagascan um and that's about all i know of him bought a tv table as well so oh, the place is really it was, looking up it was lesbian day of visibility and I built two pieces of Ikea furniture. I've never felt so seen in my life. <laughs> we weren't allowed to touch any of it. Mecca no. was very much on it. Yeah, it was, it was. It was a nice day. It was a nice... And now my flat's absolutely beautiful. It is. Oh, um, this is grave digging, by the oh, way. For fuck's sake, why do we always forget to say <laughs> Every that? Every single time. <laughs> this is grave um, digging. We're a podcast... Um, about yeah. death by people who very much want to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm so ready. When the rapture comes, beam me up. <laughs> oh my God, we can do an episode about the rapture. That would be fun. That yes. could be a joint one. I bet there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Audience yeah. participation. You all, you guys need to email. What do you want to happen we with did your get body an email. the rapture? Did we? We got our first email. Yes. From who? I told you this. From Emily, of course. Oh. Our number one fan, who we love very dearly. And we've now done a meet and greet with, so. <laughs> <laughs> the email says, why does Rory's Google voice sound like the mental maths GCSE voice? That's it. That's the email. Oh, <laughs> no, I like that. And we loved it. But yeah, if anyone, any other listener wants to arrange a trip to an Ikea, um, where else could we go? Anywhere. Arrange. Ooh. Um, yes, a garden center. We do need to go to a garden center. To we be do. Fair, so, yeah. so if anyone, any listeners want to book a date with us, we're probably free. To be fair, you make us sound like the worst hookers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's about that's about it, really, isn't? It? Yeah, I think so. So does it, um, is this where I have to begin? No. Yes. Well, know. what's your topic this week? My topic is um, it's going to be a one of two-parter, I imagine, because there's a lot oh. to cover. But we're talking about ancient Egypt. Yes! Yeah. Well, their views on death, obviously, not just Egypt as a whole. No, this is not a thousand episode saga no, exactly. <laughs> of an ancient civilization. So this episode, I've, well, the way I've arranged it, we're doing some delayed gratification you're not going to find out about the mummy process until Edging. the next episode. Oh my god! 
sorry. Yeah, so next episode is when we go right in, balls deep into them pulling out <laughs> brains by hooks. There's a little teaser for you. Listen, I'm not ready to compromise the structural integrity of my cranium. So um, I'm quite glad that we're delaying that one for a little bit. Well, no, exactly. So this one is going to be like all the, um, well, some of the context and some of the faff, because obviously I can't cover it all. I mean, it was a very long era of time, so I don't I'm really... I'm excited. Yeah? Well, I'm ready. Okay. Well, well, well. Question. <laughs> <laughs> a question. Would you think, you know, from what you know about ancient Egyptians, would you think they were death obsessed? Um, yes. Well, <laughs> a guy called Joshua Mark disagrees with that statement. I thought it at first too. Okay. But what he said does make sense. Because he has claimed it is an undeserved association. The culture was obsessed with living life to its fullest, not with death. That. It's cute, isn't it? That's so, like one of those um, live, laugh, love, like exactly. shitty, cursive. But, Did I tell you? I'm sidebarring you again. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, the, you, you've seen those, right? That is like a of course I fucking decal. have. Yeah, my brother is trying to convince mum to let him paint one on his wall that says, "Eat shit, die." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how well it's going. <laughs> In that really nice, nice cursive font oh, yeah, as well. Of course, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> so, yeah, where was I? So the mortuary rituals that we are... I don't even know if we cover them in this these notes or if it's literally the next episode. But they were so carefully observed not to glorify death, but to celebrate life and ensure that it continued in the afterlife. I like is, that very It's much. really nice, isn't it? Yeah. Because the uh, the ancient Egyptian belief was death was not the end of your life, but just to transition to another plane of reality. Well, that's like a lot of religious yes, yeah. right? Like Christianity and stuff. Which is it. So yeah, it's like nice and comforting, nice and cute. Yeah. You know. Um, and the, But there was a very strong respect and fe- not fear, but they were still scared to die. Which I feel like is quite a normal response. What a fucking mood, yeah. <laughs> but there's there's like a obviously like a huge respect for death because everything in ancient Egypt is built like around cycles in their belief system. So everything has to die, like the crops, to be mm-hmm. reborn. And then like when the Nile floods every year, it kills everything, but then leaves a load of like very rich silt behind so then they can all grow their crops and stuff. So a lot of things in ancient Egypt had to die for things to happen. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hope it does. it does. It does. So the idea is quite similar. As you said, it's quite similar to how religions view death and how we, and then the way the ancient Egyptians dealt with death is very similar to how we do today in the sense that you'd think with the whole process of like mummification and then all the rituals in the street and the big old ceremonies like where people would follow caskets and they paint their faces in mud and wail and beat Mm -hmm. their chests Mm -hmm. you'd think they're like very okay with it like it's just a thing that happens but there's plenty of inscriptions where people just outright mourn the deaths of their beloved family members and that baffles me because that must take some time because you've got to do it all in hieroglyphics yeah that must be kind of cathartic actually like 
rather than just posting some shitty thing on someone's Facebook wall. Oh, um, well, hold a picture of your nan's hand in it. That's the thing now. Makes me feel absolutely sick. What? Have you not seen those? Sorry? No. People literally go to hospital, like when their grandparents are ailing and in their final throes. Hmm. And they'll like hold their nan's hand when they've got, you know, all the wire, not wires, but tubes and yeah. stuff in it. Yeah. And they'll, they'll like post a picture on Instagram no. and stuff. Which is like, love you forever, nan. Like she's going to fucking see it. Well, that's that, but then everybody else has to see it. And it's just like, you know, a nice normal flesh colored hand with like, I don't know, some seven inch acrylic nails holding a grey <laughs> thing with tubes in it. It's really that's, sad. That's awful but then that's just well that's just social media culture and that's a whole different conversation oh god yeah makes you feel sick doesn't it yeah but no so writing about it i imagine is cathartic i mean victorians did it everyone's done it i reckon i don't know why i went straight to victorians (laughs) you really just like beelined in on just the most random not really relevant so but there are inscriptions as well Mm -hmm. so if like your parents died if your wife died, if your children died, if your pets died, there's plenty oh. of inscriptions about people mourning their pets. And Are we going to talk about dead dogs again this week? That's next episode. Okay. But that, my <laughs> Why next do you episode, always do this to me? That's my next episode, not your next episode. Okay. And then they also very richly express the grief of loss, which is quite interesting. Because, I don't know. You always think if you go that far back in time, people can't be like that emotionally developed. But I always think that. Yeah, I think what it is as well, actually coming back to Victorians, sorry. But you know how like when they got their picture taken, it took so long to develop that they couldn't mm. move. So they never smiled in it. So you have this image in your head of them being like really uptight and like yeah, not having a sense of humor. I mean, they and took actually... pictures with dead bodies, didn't they? Yes, they did. But that's, like that's an episode. I think humans have always had a sense of humor. Yeah, well I mean after doing research for this episode about like the ceremony that surrounds like death processions in Egypt, mm-hmm. they're like these huge insane parties, but obviously yeah. led by women in like cloths who are screaming because <laughs> me in the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> but then there's like it's a huge like festival. Like if yeah. a, like a pharaoh died, the whole country... It sounds a bit North Korean, but happier, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. But yeah, you never think they'd have personality because the only thing you see of ancient Egyptians really is carvings in walls. But I reckon they were right, funny beggars. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be, wouldn't you? To yeah. To deal with life back then. Yeah. And then these inscriptions also do talk about how they miss the person who has died or the animal or whatever and they hope to see them again in eventual paradise Mm -hmm. and then obviously there's loads of prayers and stuff and that's very similar to how we grieve today because everyone's there like see you soon or i'll see you again one day yeah and then there's a lot of prayers but people generally which i i think that's very similar today unless you are you know somewhat mentally ill a lot of the egyptians didn't want to like die with them they were very much aware that the whole point was to be grateful that they were still alive and to celebrate life and let the person go but see them again eventually 
Right. Okay. I get you. Which is, I think that's, I think humans are fairly consistent. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. the old timeline. And then when it comes to being grateful, that was the key to living your life well for Egyptians. And for Which everyone, is quite, I think. Well, yeah, exactly. People still do it today. You know, people have their daily grateful journals, you know, in the morning. Yeah, like me. Got... <laughs> oh, do you do that? Not in the morning, yeah. Oh, I didn't I know you had your thankful journal or whatever. Well, you I have it in it. my um, bullet journal. Oh. I have a uh, gratitude log. Oh, that's cute. Where every day, every evening, I fill out like one thing I was grateful for in the day. And honestly, sometimes it's like, donuts <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> like sometimes i'm like the love of my friends and family and other times i'm like i took a nap <laughs> but i bet the egyptians were the same yeah if they were having a bad day to think of what they're grateful for they'd be like oh grain Grain. <laughs> <laughs> i listen i have to say i have i think i've made a musical theater reference in every episode so far and then, get it in. it's taking all of my restraint not to mention Joseph every five seconds. Oh my God. I'm really trying hard. Wait, <laughs> Just want you to know that. Was, you know, in the film, the yeah. queen who had her tits out, was she Egyptian? Was she like the wife um, of the king of Egypt? Was that her whole point? Or was she no, Herod's she, wife? No, Potiphar's wife. Oh. Potiphar? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not doing that right Why now. Why did I think it was... Is Potiphar... Yeah, he's he's not the same as Herod, is he? No, he's not. Because that was, in fact, quite a, f- a few years earlier. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Okay, right, that's so fine. So the bit, the bit with um, Potiphar is in Genesis, which, if you recall, is in the first book of the Bible. Oh, the one where it's <laughs> And is, in fact, in, in the Old Testament. Yeah. So quite considerably before Jesus. Well, yes. all right, sorry. I never said I was good at religion. <laughs> Me neither. I just know a lot about Joseph. <laughs> well, of course you do. It's a musical. Yes. Sorry. Carry on. Yes. So the key to living well. I know we, I should be talking about death, but that, that comes later. Okay. But listen, mm-hmm. that's the whole point, is it not? What? That's the point of this podcast is us looking death in the face so that I can stop freaking out about it. <laughs> you make And a live fair my life point. like a person. I mean, so... I, I've, from doing research for this, it does make me feel somewhat calmer. Because, I mean, that reading up about this stuff, where they're just like, it's not the end of a complete life, it's just a transitional phase. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's fucking nice. Yeah, that is nice. And then this whole thing where they literally, yeah, the key to living your life well was being grateful. You're supposed to appreciate the great festival of life, which is an inscription on, like, a tomb somewhere. They called it the great festival of life. And then your bounty in your life. So even if you're, like, the poorest fucking farmer... You're probably like Are you happy. Pure? <laughs> oh my god, pure. <laughs> Sorry, but like, you're probably happy because yeah. as long as the Nile floods and you can, you know, grow your reeds and um, I don't know, maybe make a boat. I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing, <laughs> and then but you have to be very thankful to the gods as well, obviously they loved their gods apart from one who I talk about in a. Oh. In a brief moment. There's one that they did very much fear. No, a few. But there's one to do with death that they very much feared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being ungrateful. Ingrateful? Ungrateful. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I 
being ungrateful was an introductory sin, which meant if you were ungrateful, it led every other sin that could possibly be around in ancient Egyptian times into your life because you're like a gateway drug, but for yeah, sin, but for sin, oh, like the I marijuana of that. sin. Okay, yeah. Um, and then that would eventually, if you let that into your life, it would lead into your death. By okay, so yeah, basically. Wow. There is a ancient text from the Middle Kingdom. So there's like six or seven kingdoms. The Middle Kingdom isn't yeah. that Tolkien? No, that's Middle Earth. Oh. <laughs> I have never seen those movies. I'm too pretty. Oh my god. It's a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. So in ancient Egypt, there are like seven different distinct eras. And then the Middle Kingdom's like the third one, the one in the middle, basically. Okay. Which, yeah. So there's a text from then called A Discourse Between a Man and His Bar. Also, that means soul. Why? I don't really know. I, I don't speak the lingo, I'm afraid. And okay. it's basically about a depressed man who is ready to just give up and die <laughs> because he has no idea um, like how he can go on with his life. And his soul encourages him to express gratitude and stop thinking about death and being morbid because nothing comes from it and wasting your life will make your heart heavy. Which is very bad. That is, yeah. And then it's supposedly the first written work in recorded history of someone debating the benefits of suicide. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> really? Yeah. The first one, wow. like, ever, you know, chiseled into a stone that's there. God, like, you must have been really going through it to chisel it into a stone. Exactly. But, like, maybe he should just, you know, bin it off. <laughs> Nothing's going right. His, yeah. his, Crops have failed. I don't really know. I'm talking a lot about crops because I assume that's what a lot of them did. But the heavy heart situation is very bad when it comes to the weighing of the heart ceremony. Right? I'm sorry. Oh, wait! I remember this in American Gods. Yeah! Yeah. So the Egyptians believed that when they died... They are judged on their behaviour during their lifetime before they I think could actually judged during your lifetime also. Oh. Sorry. Do you mean by other people? Yes. Are I we back on social do. media? No. Just generally. Oh, okay. Like okay. for example, if you come into a store and piss your pants, please be certain <laughs> that the person serving you is judging you. <laughs> or oh, when I walked into McDonald's at 4am this morning drunk as a fucking skunk and I was convinced in my head I sounded completely sober I know I didn't no. I was but I was that drunk person who's trying very hard to sound sober I was basically like hi I'd like a large three select meal with a full fat coke please and the girl was just there like okay hun anything else and I was there like and a box of 20 chicken nuggets <laughs> Which I didn't even touch. I woke up with them next to my bed. Did you? What a fucking waste. That is really tragic. Anyway, right. Okay. So, the weighing of the heart ceremony. The ancient Egyptians believed that when they died, they'd be judged on their behaviour in their lifetime before they could get into the actual afterlife. And this ceremony was called the weighing of the heart. This is not a physical thing, by the way. This is all something oh, that... So 
supposedly happens while they're making the mummy. But they it, didn't actually weigh the heart. No, like it, this all happens in like the spiritual realm. Okay. Yep. Um. So this is this was recorded in the in chapter one hundred and twenty five of the funerary text known as the Book of the Dead. Ooh. Doesn't I that sound it. goth? That does sound goth. I bet it's got like a really beautiful like black cover with gold embossing on. Have you never seen the Mummy? The film? Yeah. No. <gasps> it basically and does. No. I know it's not like obviously the real one. But... <laughs> the mummy is historically <laughs> accurate. <laughs> so this ceremony was believed to have taken place before Osiris, who is the chief god of the dead and of the okay. afterlife and of the flooding of the Nile and of a few other things because they had so many gods, but every god had so many jobs. Yeah, isn't there one, I think there's a Roman god who's the god of like, I think it's, he's the god of like, no, I think it's like Saint Valentine or something. Mm. Is also the patron saint, patron saint of pestilence and bees or some shit. Yeah, like, some, some of them the are weirdest daft. combinations. But then when you like, if you go into a list of Egyptian gods, there's like seven or eight that were there to control the Nile. Yeah. So it's who big. does what job? <laughs> it's like, go on, Barry, you do it today. There's not one called Barry. Barry. There's not one. It'd be like B A R I or something dramatic. Yeah. But. So it was believed to take place before Osiris in his fancy throne, and then his wife Isis is probably stood behind him. And a Doing tribunal of thought 43 deities. And that's, I don't think that's all of them. That's a very specific number. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened to you? <laughs> I don't know. So standing before this tribunal, the deceased was asked to name each of the divine judges, so all 43, and swear that he or she had not committed any offences ranging from raising the voice to stealing to murder. I've done all of those today. (laughs) (laughs) And then this was called the negative confession. If they were found innocent, the deceased was declared true of voice and was allowed to proceed onward. Because this is like a several stage thing. Oh God, okay. These proceedings were recorded by Thoth, who was the scribe of the gods and had the head of an ibis. I don't know what an ibis is. It's like a bird. Okay. Yeah, a bird with like a pointy beak. So a bird. <laughs> yeah, but like a, like a thin pointy beak. <laughs> okay. Um, And his other form was the baboon, just in case. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the symbolic ritual that followed the um, negative confession it's called the weighing of the heart, and there's a big pair of scales. And right, Thoth is stood there as an ibis with a papyrus making notes of everything. But then his baboon is also sat on top of the scales, keeping them balanced. What? So oh he's there God. twice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> FOMO as fuck. He's there twice. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> and um, so the heart, the person's heart their metaphorical heart, not their real one, is weighed against the principle of truth and justice known as ma'at, which is represented by a feather. Okay. Which is... Oh, no, I remember this. How the fuck are you supposed to win, is my question. Yeah. Because a feather's fucking light. 
And then if the heart balanced against the feather, then the deceased would be granted a place in the fields of Hetep and Yaru, which are basically the endless golden fields that, you know, they've always got crops on them. They never die. The Nile floods as it should, but like the death Nile, not the real life Nile. Everything's perfect, basically. It's idyllic. Okay. And then if the heart was heavy with the weight of wrong, the balance would sink and the heart would be grabbed and devoured by a terrifying beast that sat ready and waiting by the scales. Mm. Wow. This is the god that they feared. His name was Amit, also known as the Gobbler. As the what? Gobbler? The Gobbler. Okay. And he was an animal with the head of a crocodile, the front legs and body of a lion, or a leopard, and the back legs of a hippopotamus. That's just so off balance. But they are the three most dangerous animals in ancient Egypt. They had lions in ancient Egypt? Yeah. Damn. And then, so they feared Amut every day of their lives because obviously in the back of their minds, they're there like, fuck, I just raised my voice. <laughs> and oh, we would be so fucked, man. Oh my God. Tell me about it. Well, we do scream. <laughs> Literally. I get louder when I'm drunk. So I'm fucked. <laughs> and I don't I don't mean it like I'm not raising my voice angrily. I'll just sit there and shriek and everyone's yeah. like, Rory, are you trying to talk? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I'm like, can you not hear me? <laughs> so, yeah, everyone feared Amit or Amut or the Gobbler. Why did they all have so many different names? Just to fuck you up. In it. And then... But this this baffled the thing that really confuses me is these are how do the um people actually in the physical world who are dealing with the body like how do they know that they're guilty or not? Yeah, that's a good point. But I think well, I suppose the whole maybe the whole point of it is you'd still get, you know, the burial. Yeah. But if you know you were bad in your life, you know you're gonna fail the test and you just you I suppose maybe it's just, a, it does sound like any other religion. It's supposed to just scare you into being good. Yeah. But like, so they don't do anything different to you, depending on the weighing of the heart ceremony. Yeah, because right? that like, all happens when you're like in like the salt bath for 40 days and 40 nights. Like right, okay. drying out. Yeah. So they, ca- they can't do anything different. It's not like the gods are going to come back and be like, bin this one off. Like in um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, that egg thing. And they're like, this is a bad egg. Yeah. And put it down the chute. Oh, we're talking different references. For me, that's squirrels because I prefer the newer film. Of course you do. <laughs> Disgusting. Despicable <laughs> behaviour. Um, so the heart, the, the reason they weighed the heart was considered to be the centre of all thought, memory and emotion. The brain is pointless. <laughs> what a mood. <laughs> In ancient Egyptians, the brain, the, like, the brain didn't matter, hence why they... Pull it out with a hook, and it, they the bit brain it off. didn't matter because brain matter. Oh, I hate you. I didn't make that pun. Okay, I didn't I mean me. to. <laughs> <laughs> so the heart was thus associated with the intellect, personality, morals, everything, which is why you, they didn't weigh your brain instead of your heart. Also, I feel like the brain's harder to get out. Probably, and it's uglier. Mm, yeah, true. I mean, it's all a bit ugly but um it was deemed to be essential for rebirth into the afterlife so it was never removed and embalmed separately during mummification 
because its presence in the body at all times was crucial. I mean, because, that is true. <laughs> yeah. No, but even when after you're dead. Yeah. So okay. the whole, like, I mean, I'm basically talking about mummification now anyway. So everything else was taken out of you because they knew that if, like, your internal organs started to break down, you would rot. Yeah. So there, there were jars that they put them in that your, your internal organs were put in and then they were buried with you. But the heart yeah. could never leave the body because of this ceremony. So if your heart was, like, taken out of you, you can't have this ceremony done and then you're stuck in purgatory, which is just shit. Is that just like sitting there looking at the scales for the rest of eternity? Probably. I, I mean, yeah, I might have to Being just like, have a, do I a forgot bit of to research. Bring mine. I'll do a bit of research for my next episode to tell you what Egyptian purgatory was like because I don't okay. actually know. Please do. I'm um, if the deceased was found to have done wrong and the heart was weighed down by the scales, he or she was not allowed to enter the um, good place, the fields, <laughs> and he would have to enter a place of torment like hell temporarily but then would cease to exist at all oh god so you're wiped off the face of the earth which would oh. have terrified ancient egyptians because the whole point of them living their life gratefully was so that they could have a great death an ah, afterlife I see. okay so to not exist at all would be absolutely abhorrent to them yeah However, for those who could afford to include chapter 125 of the Book of the Dead in their tombs by, like, wall paintings or painting it on their sarcophaguses. Sarcophagi? I don't know. One of them. We'll edit out the wrong one. We won't. I certainly won't. <laughs> it was almost guaranteed, if you could afford to have the process painted in your tomb, that you would pass successfully into the afterlife. Oh, interesting. So, if you can pay your artist to be there, like, listen... Might be easy for you to paint those scales even. <laughs> wink, wink, smiley face, Jeff. Then you're in. I don't know why I give them the most ridiculous names. <laughs> Jeff and Barry. That seems right. Um, Because that is purely because they believed in the magical qualities of writing and texts and illustrations. Which, do you know what? That's a mood for both of us, isn't it? Yeah, I love, we love that. We That's love that. Ethos. Um. By depicting the heart balancing in the scales against the feather of Ma'at, I love saying that, they ensured <laughs> that they, <laughs> they ensured that they, because they had money and power and influence, would have the favorable, favorable outcome because the ceremony was only symbolic. Right, okay. So, I mean, you could have been a piece of fucking shit, but if you had money, you get what you want. That, yes, welcome to Earth. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, politics. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, s still in the, you know, metaphysical realm or whatever the realm is where this is going on, the other realm, after it's been weighed, take it off the scales, give it back to you, your heart now. Right. Um. So, and to make sure that this did happen, chapters 26 to 29 of the Book of the Dead, very intensely covered with spells to ensure that the heart was returned. And it could never be removed from you again, which is quite I like nice. That. Yeah, that's even though none of it really matters because this it's all symbolic. didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but still nice though. Yeah. So you've got the way in of the heart tradition, and then I did in this episode also want to talk a little bit about Osiris because he's got a really good story. Go on then. So, originally, Osiris 
was the grandson of the sun god Ra, who is the god who made everything in Egypt. Right. Okay. And he was the favourite of Ra, was Osiris, and he had a brother called Set, who's a bit of a tosser. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so to show Osiris how much he loved him, Ra, when he had done all his stuff, made the first humans, he'd done everything, and he goes off to fly in the sky as the sun and watch over his old, his entire creation. Ra made Osiris the first ever pharaoh of Egypt. Then that is Asi- a dick move. It is a bit, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's not good parenting. Well, I mean, it sets your child up for um, some sort of pathological disorder of resentment. Yeah, exactly. This is some Cain and Abel bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> so... Osiris marries Isis, who also happens to be his sister. No! But she is his one true love. Oh, well, that's fine then. (laughs) Exactly. And also these people largely did not exist and they were made up. But I know, but... When the Egyptians made this whole story up, incest wasn't a problem. (laughs) Which is just... I disagree. I would like to say that incest has always been a problem. (laughs) Yeah. So... He then, Osiris, and his queen settled down quite happily with their son, who was Horus. And then my tattoo on my wrist is the Eye of Horus, but that comes later. Okay. <laughs> so this is this is like the end of the original creation story of like Ra making everything. Mm-hmm. Right. So Osiris had his brother named Set. And Set was incredibly jealous of his brother. Why wouldn't he be, you ask? Because well, he wanted to marry it. their sister. No, no, he just wanted to be liked. He wanted okay. to prove himself to his father. Relatable. Oh, God. <laughs> um. So in a fit of anger, Set kills Osiris. Oh. Well, he lays it out very interestingly. So it's a, originally it's a nice trap. So he has a chest made that... Um, was the perfect size to fit Osiris inside it. How convenient. Then he invites every, you know, powerful person in Egypt to this event. And he's there like, anyone who can fit inside this chest wins it. And this chest is like gorgeous. It's covered in gold and it's inlaid with diamonds and rubies and mother of pearl, I imagine. (laughs) I don't know. There's a lot in it and it's a really nice chest. And even though Osiris is king of Egypt and could probably have one made himself, he's there like... That looks like I could fit in it. Gets in it. It's the perfect size for him. And he's there like, I'm going to keep this chest forever. I've won it. And Set's <laughs> like, yay, fucking are. Because you're going to be in it. Slams the <laughs> lid down and sets him off on the Nile. Off he goes. Oh, no. And he obviously dies in this box. And Yikes. Um, Isis then goes on a huge journey to try and find him. She calls at the help of all the other gods to keep an eye out for Osiris and they can't see him. And... He ends up in, like, Babylon, and the story is he washes up on the shore and a tree grows around his coffin, because it's essentially a coffin, Mm -hmm. and then the tree is chopped down, taken into a palace, built into a pillar in the palace with the coffin still inside it, and then somehow Isis finds out about this, has to travel to Babylon, trick people to let her into the palace, steal a pillar... And then go back to Egypt with it. What a boss ass bitch. <laughs> Isn't it? She's really like that. impressive. So then when she sends when she gets the 
chest with Osiris's. I can't even imagine he's got a body still, but he does. He has a full, perfectly preserved body. Ew, that's even more upsetting than it being a skeleton, honestly. Exactly. After he's been sailing on a river for God knows how long, but they're gods, aren't they? So you know how it works. Because you're not supposed to be able to damage a god's body. And then she hides him in some reeds so that Set can't find him until she can work out what the fuck she's going to do with him. Because she wants to revive him. Because obviously there's magic involved as well. Obviously. And conveniently, Set is out on the Nile hunting boar. And he hunting spots the... boar on the Nile. Well, he's hunting something. I assume it's boar. It's not going to be hippos why? or anything. I don't know. But why? But but why would boar be in the Nile? No, but they can be on like the shore. They're not going to be in it. Uh, They'll be like you know. This is confusing me so much more than a god being in a tree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just the well, concept I of hunting. I apologize, but it is fucking confusing to try and understand. the The Egyptian people have like five different creation myths. Oh. Depending on which temple wrote the myth. Like, their god is the head of it. Right. So it's all, you know, very nonsensical. Um. So Set sees the box on the shore and he's like, fuck, he's back. <laughs> like Cornelius Fudge in Harry Potter when he finally <laughs> sees Voldemort. He's there like, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> so then he chops him into 14 pieces. Of course. And hides his body all around the kingdom of Egypt. These little chunks. He throws them into the river. He throws them into the desert because he's, you know, he's all powerful. He doesn't have to move, but he can just, he can like just throw. Just yeet it. Yeah. Wherever. Fucking yeet. (laughs) (laughs) And he was sure he'd get away with it and so becomes king. And Isis is... What about Horus? Well, 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 well. But first, Isis (laughs) knows because she obviously goes back to try and find the body. Mm -hmm. It's not there. And suddenly sets king now, and she's there like, you've done some shady-ass shit. (laughs) So then she goes again, with the help of gods now, because they've seen parts of Osiris. And they tell her where he is, the parts of him. And every time she gets apart, she starts building them back together to revive him. But she finds 13 of the 14 pieces, because his cock's been eaten by a fish. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Is that true? Yeah. Oh, my. Why? <laughs> and so, oh. because his body isn't complete, he can't be revived. And then, because uh, <laughs> because they don't have the power or the ability to bring him back to life, he can no longer rule as king of Egypt, and it's a bit fucked for a while. So when Ra, still as the son, hears about this, he gives Osiris the best job, and he makes him god of the underworld and the overlord of death. So you're telling me that the god of the underworld is a eunuch? Yeah. I love that. Exactly. And then Isis is very similar. There are are very many correlations between Osiris and Isis and um, Hades. And what's his bird's name? Uh, Persephone. I don't know. Yeah, Persephone. Because Isis is the goddess of like life and death. Yeah. So she's obviously the bride of the god of death, but also she's very much in charge of um, like crops coming back to life, yeah, and things like that. So yeah. they're, they're very closely linked. I like that. So Osiris is now the ruler of the land of the dead, and he's dead himself because you and have he to... doesn't have his dick. Exactly, but you have to be dead to enter the land of the dead. You can't. 
And it turns out, luckily, they found his heart. He passed his own test. I mean, he he wrote the the weighing of the heart ceremony. So I mean, mm, that's suspicious. Yeah, it's always <laughs> convenient. So when Horus obviously hears about what Set's done, although he was still only a boy, Osiris came to him in a dream and said, "What's the most important thing you can do for your family?" And he was like, "Avenge them." <laughs> God, what a fucking goth baby weirdo! <laughs> exactly. So that he be, tracked down his uncle Set and murdered him. Oh, but something happened to Horus's eye between. Set, I think Set like takes Horus's eye, which is why the eye of Horus is separate. An eye for a dick leaves <laughs> everyone fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the quote for the Instagram. No. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically, Osiris would dwell forever in the land of the dead. And she would have to live forever in the land of the living because she isn't dead. Who, Isis? um, uh, Isis. Yeah. But she is still like sort of a goddess of the underworld because she's married to him still. Okay. And then from then on, and even today, if you still believe in the ancient Egyptian gods, once each year, Isis travels to the riverbank and then remembering... And dreaming, tears fall from her eyes. And that is why the Nile River rises every year. <gasps> That's why it floods, because she's grieving for Osiris still. Stop! That's but now, so obviously, romantic. They've built, like, the Aswan Dam, so it doesn't really flood anymore. Ugh. Because well. fucking humans, am I right? Yes. But, I mean, it does make sense if you want to try and make a country successful not to have it flood all the time. I mean, yeah, you do have a fair point there. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that is basically a very introductory introduction to the context that. behind Egyptian death. My next episode will be the good stuff, the gore. We're going to be balls deep in a mummy, right? Yeah, balls deep in a mummy. We'll be talking about why pyramids are the way they are. We'll talk <gasps> about some tombs, yes. burial traditions throughout all the different periods. Because there's, there's loads. They started off very simple, the Egyptians. Nice little hole in the ground, buried you with one jar. The next thing you know, you've got like Tutankhamun. Yeah. And it's not the next thing. There's several thousand years, but still, you know. That, yeah. Wow. That was so interesting. Well done. Thank you. I felt like I did better on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I said, was... I don't know if I said so a lot. Will you listen to it back and tell me if I didn't? Because I felt bad when I was saying so all the time last time. I do as well, so it's, I just did it then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, okay. So it's your turn. You Fuck like... me up with some funny. All right. Um, it's not super long. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. What's his name? Who? What's his... Osiris. <laughs> Osiris. That's what Osiris says. Listen, babe. It looks like there's nothing there, but there is a promise. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So, cast your mind back to 2002, the 23rd of September in Brazil. I, was, I wasn't I was there, but I'm trying to think what I would have been Just doing. Just picture it. I mean, we would have been, what, six? Six. What would I have been doing? I'd probably start in school, a school year, maybe. Yeah, probs. So. Eating some mud. <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> so, yeah, carry on. A, a farm keeper, which... Personally, I believe it's called a farmer, but there you yeah, go. Yeah, a farmer. 
from Sao Paulo decided to remove a beehive from his orange tree. Right? We've all been there. Well, they're the worst fucking things. Beehives? Yeah. Beyonce fans, honestly. The worst. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm joking. I love her. She's great. Have you ever seen... On Spotify. Have you ever seen when, like, the queen bee gets trapped in a car or something and the whole... Hi! Th- oh my like, god! It's swarms fucking it. terrifying because they won't leave. It's awful. It scares me. I love bees. They are doing the Lord's work. Well, do you remember? But... You watched Puss and Daisies, didn't you? Yeah. Do you remember that episode where is it like the queen bee is kept in like a plastic tub and then Chuck like swallows it once and she gets covered in bees? Yes. Ugh. Like she holds it in her mouth. Yes. Because that's how the bee killer killed people as a swarm of bees. Yeah. Fascinating. Amazing. Anyway, um, so he didn't know exactly how to proceed, but he knew the hive should be burned and he knew that bees sting, right? Yeah. So he's like, I need to protect my head. So he got a plastic bag (laughs) and he (laughs) he sealed it tightly around his neck, grabbed a torch and went off to fight the bees. His worried wife went to look for him a few hours later and found him dead. It wasn't the bees that killed him, the plastic bag had protected him from smoke, stingers, and oxygen. <laughs> he suffocated he didn't, himself. He didn't put any breathing holes in the bag. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I just... Oh, God. I know that the whole point of this website is that these people are so dumb. But every single time. Exactly. Oh, just... But- he must have known he wasn't breathing. Right? Like, you would start suffocating and you would rip the bag, you would think, or something. It wasn't yeah. like he was tied up. No, I just that's so weird. I just... I mean... I'm imagining the bees, like, in Bee Movie. You know how they, like, have... Stand with their, like, hands on their hips? Oh, yeah. Just all standing there being like... The fuck is this guy fuck, doing? my mans? Yeah. <laughs> that's some karma. But they're all, like, Jewish. Because they are in Bee Movie. <laughs> Why is that? What is that about? I think it's because it's Seinfeld, isn't it? That movie is so weird. I fucking love that film. It's great, but it's so weird. Hey, I'm Barry. That was awful. <laughs> that Sorry. Was, that was, what happened to you? <laughs> I was trying to do like his voice. Yeah, I, I figured, but... <laughs> okay. A, but, like, when they when they put a, a bee, bee in a hospital bed. Oh my God. And it's like a full human-sized hospital bed. And yes. they shove like a, like a sandwich knife sword thing as his stinger. Yes. Oh, it's so good, though. It's so dumb. Amazing. Um, You've got me on a spiral about bees now. I saw a video the other day um, about, I think, so the queen bee, when she has unfertilized babies, they're just male eunuch worker bees or something. They're like, I don't think, I don't think male bees Unless they're a special kind of bee, make their own, like, semen. Ew. So a queen bee is inseminated by something. I assume a bee, not by God. (laughs) She's not Mary. Not by, like, a donkey. (laughs) No. no. So, yeah. And then she will give birth. If if she gives birth to a fertilised, like, child, that then becomes a female worker bee. Is like one of her princesses, like her assistants. Okay. And then any others are just like, just faff around worker bees, whatever, who gives a shit about them. But there was a video on Facebook the other day and 
this one of this queen bee's daughters took it upon herself to somehow shag another bee, get herself fertilized and start laying her own eggs or something. Oh. And then you, this, the video, literally, the, the queen bee walks over, like, eh, you know, little, but she, like her wings are going because she's fucking fuming. Yeah. And then she like jumps on this bee's back and pulls her down. Yeah. Then like stings her a few times. <gasps> and then the queen walks off. I thought they're supposed to die after they sting you. But this yeah. queen's like a badass. Walks off, comes back after, you know, the other one's gone off to lick their wounds. Eats all her eggs. Is this Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> so, what the complete wipeout of somebody trying to, you know, make their own children. Yeah. That's whack, man. Bees are crazy. But then, apparently, they can, um, what's it called? Like, mutiny their queen, if they want to. And, yeah. like, they can all somehow come together, leave the hive, and that queen will die and they'll start their own one like they can full on like get rid of a queen that's i love a bee mutiny exactly it's all even bees have politics yeah buzzing (laughs) i hate you i hate you so much i hope you die in a fire do you have a bee story bee fact um no not really another one granddad used to keep bees really yeah that's cool yeah they have, in Egyptian tombs, I'll tell you this one now, because it'll save me saying it next week. Um, they have found things like jars, like ceramic jars of honey, still perfectly edible because they've dunked bread in it. That... Like back in the 19, like 10s and 20s, obviously, you know, height of Egyptomania, in, mm. when everyone was going over, when they were finding these tombs with honey and they dip like bread in and the honey is still honey because it never goes off. Um, that... That just freaks me out. Like it's the like it's a complete preservative, isn't it? Alexander yeah. the Great, his mysterious coffin that's never been found is supposed to be filled with honey. Oh, okay. And there is a certain way of burying people, um, that supposedly turned like crystallizes them via honey as like a preservative. I think monks used to do it. Oh, some form of monk. They'd they'd have to slowly wean themselves so they would only eat honey, bathe in honey do everything in honey and eventually it would obviously kill them but you're supposed to then be preserved by honey because it's a preservative like it doesn't rot that is so fucked up isn't it why why do i know so many facts about bees and honey you really do i'm doing a whole (laughs) new episode about bees now (laughs) but yeah so yeah so you can join us over on twitter at gravediggingpod you're smashing Uh, that by the way thank you i'm really enjoying it you are Um, witty not as witty as you, but I'm trying. Um, <laughs> so every week we do a poll about whether our subject from the episode is quite sexy or whether it's a dumb way to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are fun. We also tweet uh, GIFs or relevant pictures or sometimes just random nonsense. So yeah. feel free to hop on over. And any mention we get at this point, you know, until we're crippled by overwhelming fame, <laughs> will be retweeted because we love everybody. We love it. We get so excited. You know what? So stupid. I'll tweet something and then I will like it from my own personal account. And then I'll be like, oh, a notification. <laughs> <laughs> I do that on the Instagram. So you can you can follow our Instagram at gravediggingpod as well. Um, and yeah, whenever I post something on there, I log into my personal and then my art account. I was very tempted to like it on our work Instagram the other day, but I thought that was a bit weird. 
But <laughs> yeah, so the way that works is we post, I'll post like the graphic for this episode on the day we release it, which is Tuesday. Then on Thursday, I post the key images. And then on Saturday, I post the, like a funny quote from the episode. And we already know what it's going to be this week. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Do you actually like it though? It's a bit, it just takes a while to do, but I hope it looks good. It does. It looks really good. I like it. Good. I think it's wonderful. You can also email us at gravediggingpod at gmail.com mm-hmm. for any fun death stories you might have. Um, I would love to hear them. If you've had a near-death experience, I want to know every detail. Yeah, because we will, if we get enough of those in, I mean, we could build an episode around one, to be fair. But yeah, be- <laughs> eventually, once, you know, we get a few more listeners, we could do episodes like mini-sodes! Yeah, listener stories. That would be really fun. That would be fun. Um, Have you ever been hit by a lightning bolt, friends? (laughs) (laughs) I have. It was the first time I met you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, If you enjoy this nonsense, we'd be really grateful if you could rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. or wherever you listen, if that has a feature for you to do that, because it does make a difference. Yeah, anything else that we need to cover? Um, I don't think so. I'm yeah. excited for your episode next week, because I have literally no idea what it's going to be about. Guess what? Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but we know what the week after is going to be about. Yes. Heckin' Very mummies. True. Very true. Um, yeah, I hope that everybody has a wonderful week. Yes, do that. And Hopefully the weather will pick up. But then again, please. I hope the weather's good wherever you are because we do know we have overseas listeners. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, hi everyone. Hola, if you're of the Hispanic descent. Oh my God. Um, what else do we say? Ciao. No. <laughs> Bienvenido. No. Um, guten Tag. Fantastic. Yeah. Well done. We've just alienated everyone. <laughs> Wait, I'll do Welsh as well for my people. Hello. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, God. Um, yeah, so just remember, everyone, death is inevitable. And it's also quite sexy. Ooh. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.